he's dying. <laughs> hey, welcome in everyone to the Sunday recap. We are here just around the river band. <laughs> we were having a Disney sing along just a few minutes ago. So good. So good. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, where are you going from here, Chris? I don't really know. Where yeah, you, you may want to just start fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was genuinely about to start crying. <laughs> we need to use that. Because you that. put the size in the stuff. <laughs> just <laughs> Okay, oh backstory. Backstory is, apparently I sigh a lot. <sighs> And Jeremy's always like, why are you sighing? And I say, no, because I'm said, just trying to sighing? live. Why are you always sighing? Why sighing? Because I'm trying to live. I'm just trying to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well. Should we do this again? We might need to do that again. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Why not, man? Oh, man. So let's see how Chris transitions out of this one. Yeah. He's always got a great transition yeah, it's, statement. It's more of a hard stop and a left turn. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So, well, our smartphone devices. <laughs> you know, my small group actually critiques me on that and laughs at me about that every time because they always want to get on a tangent about something and then all of a sudden I'm like, so, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> about that. <laughs> well, it's like last week. It's like beards. All right, well, talking about friends with beards. All right, <laughs> we're here talking about friends today. Yep. Oh. It's like every yeah, week it's, it's, a, it's a smooth it's, transition. Yeah, it's nice, I love it. bumpy. Right. <laughs> so welcome to the Sunday Recap. Hey, this is Chris McLaughlin here with Ariel Eldridge. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Mitch Green is here. What's up? Luke Calvert is back with us today. Hey, We asked <laughs> Luke to be here with us today to because we're going to be addressing this idea of digital discipleship, and this really has a lot of influence on our teenagers. That's why we yes. wanted Luke here yeah. today. So, yeah. And more importantly, we wanted somebody that really doesn't know how to use technology yes. <laughs> personally. <laughs> I'm your guy. It is kind of true, isn't it? Is. It? it is. What is the it deal is. with that? So listen, it's it's one of my <laughs> one of my spiritual gifts. I have two main spiritual gifts. One is not knowing how to use technology, uh, and the other one is not wanting to learn how to use technology. Yeah, he's, he's really good at separating it out, you know, for just, himself. But So oh my favorite man. my favorite tech story with Luke, I'm just going to drop one. Yeah. There, I could give many. <laughs> but my favorite is this guy for like a year, probably longer, for a year was using our printer here at the church. We have this big fancy printer. Oh, yeah. And he was using the printer and he was printing in booklet mode because <laughs> he didn't know how to change it back to normal paper. So every paper you'd get from Luke was a half sheet <laughs> that was like ready to be folded. <laughs> I thought it looked cool. So I'm like, I'm rolling with it. Let's do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. This last Sunday, uh, Pastor Scott talked through, we were in the Raise Them Up series, mm -hmm. Raise Them Up. Uh, and he walked through Ephesians chapter 5, just this short passage, verses uh, 15 through 17. Um, I thought what we would do is just start by reading the passage and kind of walk through some of the things that, that Scott pointed out from this, this passage. But um, mostly what I, I think that we'll be able to get to today is just a little bit more uh, of just some of the just ways around technology can be, one, a, a trap for us, but also can be a blessing to us. And, and, and I, I think that's mostly where we're going to go today with it. And hopefully from this conversation, uh, we can give you some good ideas and um, some suggestions on how to utilize technology for yourself and also help your kids to utilize technology properly. So um, we can talk through all that as well. Well, let's, um, would someone go ahead and read the passage? This is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. 
I've got it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Awesome. Thank you very much. So Scott pointed out three, first of all, three traps. Uh, he had like three traps and then like three ways to manage technology. So uh, the three traps that he gave was the time waster trap, the worldly seduction trap, the distraction trap. Um, so let's just talk about the first one really quick, because I think that we all can agree that technology could be a time waster <laughs> for <laughs> us. Um, how do you avoid the time waster trap uh, for yourself? Um, I know that I fall into that quite a bit. Like I'm just like scrolling on mm -hmm. something, some social media thing and reading the nonsense that's on there and yeah. whatnot. So what do you guys do to kind of help yourself? Yeah, my first thought is that I don't do it well. I think I usually justify it by calling it like, oh, like I'm just filling time between mm -hmm. something and something else. But when you really look at that time, you're like, okay, like, you know, what's Scott say 11 years of your life, right? Mm -hmm. You'd be on your phone. You're like, okay, I could probably value that time better. Right. Um, I think, I think again, though, like trying to make the sources and the things that I'm engaging with online, um, things that do draw me towards Christ. I think, I think that's one way, but I'd be kidding you if, if I'm not a major Netflix binge watcher, you sure, know, sure. watch my, especially during quarantine. It's a lot easier to be like, well, we're not really supposed to go anywhere. So let's watch all, you know, all four seasons yeah. of this show. I watched Netflix. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, but I, but I think again, it's trying to value that time. I'm um, mm -hmm. trying to say what, what can I be doing with this time? Um, which tends to be for me is like, okay, if I'm reading, you know, that's a better use of my time than whatever else I probably would be doing. Sure. Yeah. What else? What do you guys do? Yeah. For me, I, it's, 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 it's hard because, uh, I, you know, as a 25 year old grew up in the age of like, I had a phone in my hand, you know, starting in sixth grade, I had a phone in my hand. Mm. Now that phone couldn't, could only text and call and it couldn't remember numbers in sixth grade. But, yeah. uh, but that, I'm, that's kind of, I was like on the cusp of that being my natural, uh, kind of way to communicate. Yeah. And so there, there will be, and I, I wonder if you guys have experienced the same, there will be moments where I will pick up my phone, and I'll start clicking on things, and I, I'm not thinking about doing it. You don't have you, a focus. I don't, You're just going. I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. thinking. If I have, like, a, I'm maybe in a waiting room or doing I will start to scroll on Instagram or Twitter without, like, that's, it was, like, natural. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so one thing I had to start doing was, and this won't work for everybody, but I tried it, and it, it, was, it was okay. I started reorienting all the apps on my phone. And yeah. putting some of them random places and putting some of them in folders. Yep. And so a folder, you have to click twice. You know, you got to click into the folder, then click on the app. So at least just tell myself, hey, you know that you're actively doing this, right? Like oh, you're about you to scroll through Twitter. So that's just one one way. It's not fixed everything. But for me, it's like, okay, then I start to think about, okay, yeah, I am about to waste time mm -hmm. on, my, on, my, on my digital phone. I think that's a really good option. Um, to think about it, I mean, I'm agreeing with Mitch as well that I am not a pro at this. Um, but there have been times and seasons where I've taken Facebook off mm -hmm. as an app yeah. so that it requires that I have to get on the browser to use it, which is not as easy to do. Just removing those steps to make it less easy and, and accessible yeah. um, is super helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not a 
a person who grew up with cell phones, my first one had a leather case around it mm-hmm. and a clip for oh, the belt, yeah. and it had a retractable <laughs> <laughs> antenna. It was amazing. Um, so it's it's crazy just how much it sucks you in, though, mm-hmm. um, even as adults. So yeah. And we talk about things that are, are – are, and we'll get to this, so I don't want to – kill the sermon notes here, but we talk, we talk about things, how we can use things for good and we can use things for, 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 for evil. Yeah. Well, how many times can you use your phone for good and evil at the same time? You yeah. know, like I'm starting to do something really good. I'm texting this guy. I want to encourage yeah. him or tell, tell him I'm praying for him or call this guy. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just get a notification that the Pacers are playing the heat tonight at four o'clock? Oh gosh. You know, you know, all of a sudden shout out to the Pacers. They are playing four tonight. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, you know, like that happens to me where I get down to rabbit trails and I yeah. intended to actually reach out to this person or whatever. Yeah. Why is it, why is it so important for us to think about how we're using our time? Um, you know, it, it, down Later on in the message, Scott talked about how we really should be doing all for the glory of God. That's out of First Corinthians ten thirty one, and so with that ethic of of doing everything for the glory of God, why why is then thinking about our time management so important for the Christian? I I think more of a kind of like the spirit flesh dichotomy, and it's just so easy like to dive into the flesh. It's going to default. You know, if that makes sense. And so as Ariel was talking, our, I was just... Our, like our bent is towards Yeah, our that. bent is towards that. Yeah. So as Ariel was talking, I was just thinking about, for me, when I'm best at this, it's when I do that process of stepping back, evaluating everything that's going on in my life and playing the long game as it mm-hmm. relates to technology. Where I'm really bad at it is when I'm thinking about it in the moment. So if I'm sitting there and I've got two hours free and I did not think ahead, okay, what could I be doing to value my time? You know, I, maybe I'm not reading anything right now. I don't have any books sitting aside. I'm not in community with people. Wh- whatever it may be that would be a better use of my time than I default, you know, to just scrolling and doing nothing. Yeah. So to me, it's like it's recognizing that, but then it's thinking, you know, ahead of time, like looking at your life and saying, okay, how do I value my time? Mm-hmm. You know, where am I spending my relationships? Because if, if you don't, I think our natural default is going to be, <laughs> you know, to scroll to fill our time with things that don't have value. Absolutely. So I'm not saying like jam pack your schedule, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like, as Ariel was talking, I was just reminded when I've been best at this is when I step back and I go, what is the next six months of my life look like? What am, where am I gonna be spending my time? Where yeah. are my relationships? What studies am I gonna be in? Well, and it is also, I think part of that is recognizing that our default is yes. to go towards mm-hmm. our sinful nature and our flesh. And so we, you know, uh, we've talked about this so much on this podcast, but the idea that we often think so highly of ourselves, mm-hmm. we often think that oh, I can I can withstand that temptation, and I can mm-hmm. I I can do that on my own. Um, when we really need to recognize first and foremost, we're fallen and broken and need God's help in the midst of all this. And if we subject ourselves over and over again to uh, just what like what the next thing was this worldly seduction type mm-hmm. of thing, if we subject ourselves constantly to the things of the world, that our flesh is going to love it. Like our yeah. flesh is going to want to go after it. Right. Um, and so then it becomes this thing where now it's not just intentionally looking for things. It's it's now habit and mm. it's wasting our Yeah. Our, and our so time. I, think, I think that's why we drift into it is sometimes we don't give ourselves other options. Yeah. yeah. And you I, know, we leave that as the only option. I think, yeah. I think t- to take Mitch's point just a step further, I think it, if we don't answer the two questions uh, that I was just convicted of just listening to Mitch talk, to be honest with you, is who, who do I want to be and who do I feel like I'm called to be? If, I think if we don't answer those two questions, we're not going to ever actively fight against our, our you know, 
default, which is mm-hmm. what Mitch is speaking about. Like if, cause I, th- when I know what the Lord's working on in my life in this, in a specific season or what I'm trying to become better at or grow in, you know, one, one, I remember the first season, you know, kind of out of college when I wanted to become a reader, like I actually wanted to read, uh, you know, you know, theological books or just kind of books about Christ or, uh, in, you know, anything like that. I remember having the book, having a book and like putting it in places I know that I would walk past it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what I was doing was I could walk past it to go play the Xbox or walk past it to go sit on my phone on the couch. But I was, I was at least creating a, a tension point for me, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to be a better reader. Like I was actually genuinely trying to grow in that. Mm. So uh, for me... I will default sometimes, but I'll know I'm like, I'm actually fighting against what I told myself and what I think the Lord is actually doing in me is growing me. I'm actually fighting against that now. When if you don't have an answer to who you want to be or who you think you're called to be or growing in in this specific season, then your default is there's no tension point with it. There's no pushback. And so we actually might think like to Chris's point, the default's better for us or what we want. Mm. It's a better use of our time than doing nothing, I think is how I typically yeah. would justify it. But mm-hmm. it's like, that actually may not be true yeah, <laughs> in some yeah. cases. Like like some situations, it may be better to sleep. I guess that's doing something, you sure. know, than to stay up and watch another episode. Yeah, but yeah. H- how many people, yeah, it's a whole nother conversation, but how many people would be okay with doing nothing? Yeah. I don't think very many people. Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me sort of wonder um, if, because this is probably more from my own experience, but... There are times where I feel like maybe I'm, I'm anxious about something, I'm worried about something, I'm stressed out about something, and I start looking for answers in different places. Um, I remember when I was younger, one of the ways that I, one of the places that I would look for answers, this is, I mean, a little bit embarrassing, but I'm just going to go and throw it out there, is in the fridge. I would stand there with the fridge open and just stare into, I, I would find myself just staring into the fridge and being like, what could I eat? Well, seriously, like I was like, what, 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 what could I, because I, I was anxious about stuff and I thought that by eating, I would mm-hmm. feel better yeah. about it all. So I was looking for answers and solutions to yeah. my stress in that. And I think now the new one is looking at our phone. It's, mm-hmm. it's looking into technology, looking for answers and comfort when we should really be looking elsewhere, mm-hmm. looking into God's word. Yeah. yeah, we should be looking into God's word. And I think we said this like a, a couple months ago on the podcast, but you know, like one of the scariest, you know, why, why was the monastery invented? We were talking about this, but it's like, because being left with your cell, you know, with yourself in the cell mm-hmm. is like where you learn, you know, what you're really working on, what you're really struggling with. And I think people are scared sometimes to be left with their self, mm-hmm. you know, and they've got nothing going on. It's like, well, I got to find something to fill my time. Well, plan ahead and have some, you know, figure out, okay, what can I be, you know, reading in scripture to grow me towards Christ? What relationships can I be in for, you know, accountability, for commitment to one another? Because your default is going to be just to find something else, you know, to, to bring you happiness in that moment or to bring you joy or to bring you peace. Yeah. You're going to look for something. And if you don't have something already there, um, you're probably going to dive into something else. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a eater too. When I'm really nervous for me, it's, it's like, oh, I, I'm bored. I need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. So I get that totally. Yeah. Uh, part of it, I mean, and Scott brought this up is, you know, this search for answers, search for comfort for the Christian, it, it, it really is a, a longing for the will of God. It's, it's a longing for God. What do you want me to do here? Or God, would you bring me comfort and peace in this? Um, I, I thought it might be helpful just for a second to talk through these different 
it, it sounds a little bit strange, but but the Bible talks about like different types of the will of God. Mm. It might be a helpful conversation just to distinguish between these different wills of God <laughs> type of a thing, because we I think we see a number of different times that the will of God is used in Scripture, but it means something different. One way to look at this is is actually from a passage. Uh, it's Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, <clears throat> and um, let's go ahead and flip over there real quick. Uh, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine is this short little passage that describes kind of the the difference between these two different wills of God. Uh, it says, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belongs to us." and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So it's presenting this idea that there are two different wills, essentially, that, that there's a will of God that God reveals mm. to us. There's also a will that's hidden from us. Um, there's things that God is sort of orchestrating in the background that we have no idea what the outcome of that is going to be. Um, the things that are revealed, um, those are the things that are like his law and like uh, the, the things that, you know, he's asking us to do, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. That is the will of God for us. Um, but the, the that big stuff in the background, how he's kind of working all things out for our good and his glory, well, that's also God's will, but it's a different type of, of will. Does that, does that kind mm-hmm. of yeah. make sense? Yeah. And so I think sometimes, you know, we're like, well, God, I need answers. I need mm-hmm. comfort. What is your will for my life? Mm-hmm. And so looking to God's word, number one, we're going to see the, that, that, that will of God that is revealed to us yeah. because he's going to give us his law, his commands. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to see, okay, that's what I need to be doing with my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but at the same time, it's going to point us to this other will, mm-hmm. you know, that's hidden. that's working behind the scenes. It's a will that, that because of the character of God that we can trust will work out for, for our good and his glory. Yeah, so spe- in speaking of, in the student ministry world, um, I have students, especially juniors and seniors in high school, who are thinking, what is the Lord's will for me? Which university? Which area? Which, very specific. Very, yeah, yeah, like looking for not answers on, you know, who, you know, what, what kind of person am I going to be? And no, it's like, what school? Mm-hmm. When am I going to know? Mm-hmm. Why haven't I know? Why don't I know yet? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, We've what we've done is we we start shaking the genie bottle, right? And like, okay, could give me the answer now. And mm-hmm. it's like, is it is it South Carolina? Is it Texas? Like, you know, it's like, well, the Lord's will for your life is to go and make disciples of all nations, all tongues, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That He was going to use like 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 what you're saying is, well, I think sometimes we use the excuse, well, I don't know what God's will for my life is, because I think we're asking the wrong question, and we actually our default is to not do anything because we don't have an answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the Lord has actually revealed to us through Scripture, like you said, what He has revealed to us and what He's asking us to do in, in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... Or we start looking for those answers in other places. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, you all know, part of my story is that, that I had a frustration growing up as a teenager being told to go spend quiet time with my scripture and to sit down, and th- the words were, sit down by a tree and have quiet time with your Bible. And um, and so I would just hunt and peck for, for truths or whatever the Lord had for me in the moment. And I just, you know, if you're listening to this, I don't want you to be discouraged by that type of approaching God's word. Um, because it's sometimes a little bit 
more work than what we think. We think we're going to go get an instant gratification of an answer that's specific to us. And sometimes it's it's a result of knowing what the Lord's will is for you because you have carried out a relationship of walking with him in and spending time in his word, even when you're not looking for a direct answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I would just say if you're if you're thinking about how do I learn how to read the Bible, I just want to point you to our um, our studies this fall. We have some really cool stuff coming up at Stones. You know, we have men's and women's and D groups that are all going to be studying um, Philippians one and two. So right. join us. Yeah, let's dig in. Definitely. But now, what I think is so interesting about this is that that you know, as we're looking for answers and we maybe get frustrated when we look to God's word because maybe we don't understand how to read it or we or we struggle with trying to find the answers specifically to our questions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, then we start looking to other places. Yeah, so like right. I said, so like, right. so like we look to the fridge or we look to technology, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. things like yeah. that. Um, and I think this is where, and, and I, I mean, Scott didn't say this in his message, but I think I'm just going to call it out what it is. At that point, I think, I think our technology becomes an idol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it becomes something where we are giving that the place of God in our life. If we're looking for answers on Facebook or mm-hmm. on Instagram uh, to our to life's questions mm-hmm. rather than God's word, then we've definitely made those things an well, idol. Answers and purpose too, I think. Yeah. So, so the first thing I think for most people, it's like you're looking for answers. You know, so you've got your voice that you follow, your resource, your daily email. You know, let's get it away from social media. Mm-hmm. That that becomes your source of truth. Yeah. You know, maybe you're getting someone every day that's telling you how to think about what's going on throughout the world, or and you go, yeah, and your whole worldview is built through your subscription <laughs> to whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, that happens to kids with YouTube that happens to adults with, you know, whoever's sending them their daily email, you know, Mm -hmm. or what they're watching on the news and TV or something. So it's like, there's that piece of it. But then there's the, the other piece where people try to find their significance and purpose through social media too, Mm -hmm. without realizing that like, that is such a trap that the chances of that you ever finding significance through those things is so incredibly small. You know, and, and that's what we see with our teens, you know. It's, well, and it's fleeting. Yeah, like absolutely. It, it does not yeah, last. Yeah, like streaming, streaming, I think, has kind of waned a little bit for, like, teens doing it on their own. But, you know, when streaming began, it's like there are 20 to maybe 100 people that really have made it in the streaming yeah. world. And yet there are hundreds of thousands of teens that are filming themselves, streaming themselves, playing video games. Be- some because they enjoy it. Others because they're trying to find significance in that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, so we, we've even taken social media to the point that it's not only are we looking for our answers, sometimes we're trying to find our significance in the middle of like engaging with it. So yeah. our, you know, I, I, like our church account, I've started following like lots of people. So they follow us back a little trick of the trade. But, um, when I do that, I see all these teens all the time that they go live like daily, <laughs> like all of them, you yeah. know, just, just looking talking, for people to talk, and... to watch them, to see them, to engage with them. And so it moves even beyond answers sometimes and becomes about our purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think to that point, uh, something that we need to think about is we have, we, 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 if we know it or if we don't know it, we've trained ourselves to do that. We've trained ourselves to turn to social media or to technology to find purpose. And we've not trained ourselves often to go to scripture to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. Because I think what happens, and, and like you said, Chris and, and Ariel, we're, sometimes we'll just go to the least common denominator, what's easiest? What's, where do I find that fix fast? 
Yep. And sometimes it's not mulling over what you think the Lord is calling you to do in this season of life and finding that through Scripture and brothers and sisters who are pursuing that. But it's easier to find the thousands of people who are online. It's easier to go to Google and type in. And so I think if you're a parent of a student, which I, is my favorite conversation, is if you're a parent of a student, how are you training your students to not turn towards the quick fix by you also not turning towards the quick fix. Right. And uh, you, you can teach your kids without knowing that you're teaching them. Yeah. You know? So when we get to the second half of this message, Scott talked about how to really, what, what are the positive sides of this? How do we manage the technology that we have? How do we utilize it all for the glory of God, according to 1 Corinthians 10? So he said three things. Number one, to use your smartphone to encourage connection, to invest in people. Um, how can we help our kids to see that the phone is really a tool? He, he called it a tool. So how do we help our kids to see that the phone is really a tool for glorifying God? I, I mean, we, we can give some helpful wisdom. I think first the thing is that we have to, like technology is going nowhere. Yeah, it's not disappearing. So we have to like, it's not like, oh, this will wane, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it'll, it'll keep growing. It'll change. It'll morph. It may look different in 10 years, but it's not going anywhere. So, mm -hmm. so if you're expecting to just say like, you know, Hey, let's just avoid it. You know, let's just like keep right. them out of it. They'll probably find a point where they're on their own and they're in their freedom. And then now they're going to engage with it with no guidance. Yeah. So the better route is to say, how do we help them engage with the technology. That's great wisdom. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, I'll let you guys get more practical. And you things. don't even have kids. No, yeah. well, go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the broader, but the broader thing, even from a church side, it's like, we're living this out as a church, trying to figure this out, the positives and the negatives. So, you know, there are almost 300 people that watch our services right now online. Yeah. That's a way that people are connecting with our church that can't be here. Is it, what we would ideally want? Well, no, we want everybody here in person. We want real community. We want to be able you know, talk to each other. We want to be able to see each other. But we're using it to benefit us. Now, there could be a negative where it becomes that, like, we default to everybody just wants to sit home on their screens and never be in community. Yeah. Right. So, so that there's, like, an active wrestling from the macro sense that we have to do as a church. I think, like, that's what you have to navigate for yourself and with your kids is how do I engage with this because it's going nowhere. Mm -hmm. And you, we've, like, you know, maybe 10 years ago you could have been like, you know what, I'm just not going to use it. But it's becoming harder and harder not to engage. Like, we have one family in our church, I think, that we know of that doesn't use like anything, right? Yeah. One. Yeah, that I can think of. You know, yeah, that we can think of. There might be a few more, but it's it's yeah. going to be harder to not engage with it. So it's better to figure out how to engage with it properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I've had plenty of conversations with, with parents about this specific thing, about engaging technology and how do you use it for the glory of God. And so one, one thing I've always heard and, and, and is, hey, so when do you think that we should take the phones at night? What time should we take the phones away? Mm -hmm. Or what negative thing that they might do at school or a bad grade, like what would constitute us taking their phone? Mm -hmm. And I, that's not, that's just parenting in general. But what I saw is the default is if you use your technology, bad kid or son or daughter, I'll rip it out of your hands. We're net, we're, but we're, the conversation we're not having is, hey, how are we using that for the glory of God? How are we going to use that instead of taking it out? And how, let me show you what it would actually be beneficial for you to do with that thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Instead of degrading that person on social media or texting that inappropriate thing to your friend or to your boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, you could actually use this tool for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so me as the technology guy who don't, who doesn't like technology, <laughs> I actually don't want it to go away. 
I personally have benefited greatly from that, the, the fact that I have a phone in my pocket that I can call, text, or FaceTime some of my friends who are struggling, who are, you know, or, and they can do the same for me. Yeah. So I think just we need to flip the script on the question. And yeah, we know that the technology is going is not going to go away. I don't want it to go away. Mm-hmm. But let's train parents. If you ever call your friends and pray for them, put on speakerphone and put on the island and just sit. Let it sit there and you talk over the phone. Mm-hmm. Let your students walk by in the hallway and hear you praying over your friend, mm-hmm. or or asking them how they're doing, or read read scripture with. What happens is they begin to see patterns that you are discipling people with your technology, and maybe I could do the same one day. Yeah, yeah, that's really good stuff. You know, I was just thinking when you and Mitch were talking about all of this that if we just sat for a moment and thought about what COVID would have been like without technology, it would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, all of our our people would be unshepherded unless we could call them on the telephone and, mm. and talk to them for yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's served us well in the ways that, you know, we can use it for his glory. That's so good. So yeah. Good. You know, what's interesting, too, is I think at the at the heart of this is really helping ourselves and, and our kids to get the idea that we do exist for the glory of God. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think that if we hold that worldview to begin with, then the question of how do you use your smartphone for the glory of God becomes a natural question to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so help our, help. I mean, I think we have to start with ourselves, right? That, that we really exist for the glory of God. We don't exist for our own pleasure. We don't exist to just, you know, seek out everything that we want out of life. Um, we exist to bring glory to God, whether, and the way that the, I love the way the apostle Paul puts it when he talks through it in Philippians, but he's talking about how, like, you know, whether I live or die, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in good times or bad times, like things that when he has plenty or when he has nothing, that it's all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And again, it comes back to that idea of, of that hidden will of God. Um, like we don't understand all that God is doing in the midst of it, but ultimately, we trust that it is going to, going to be for His glory and our ultimate good, and so trusting in that, um, then ultimately we come back to like, hey, we we actually do exist mm-hmm. then to bring glory to God, and so how can I bring glory to God in everything that I do mm-hmm. um, is really really the the question that we we inevitably will come to. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, when when Scott talked about this one? He said that we should use technology to cultivate consecration. In other words, um, the way that he, I think what he was trying to get to here was really right out of Romans 12, 1 and 2, that that we should be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We offer ourselves to God. So let me ask you this. What are some ways that you are using technology to grow your love for the Lord or your love for others? What are some things that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I found out that I can have the Bible read to me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is fabulous because I can do it while I'm getting ready in the morning. That's cool. What yeah, app, what app yeah. do you use? I actually just use the ESV app. It came as a free download when I bought my physical Bible in print. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and so it has a good narrator. And um, yeah, I listened to the whole Pentateuch. Wow. That's as an awesome. audio. Nice. Yeah. I use, the, I use the Dwell app. So if, yes. I think it's very similar. Mm-hmm. It just reads it to you. Yeah, and, and you can choose your your voice. Voices. That's mm-hmm. yes. big. That's big. I like I like the low tone, like the Keith Keith Groves. I yeah. like that. Like that's the type of get the cool. Yeah. Choose yeah. your music in the yeah. background. But yeah. really, I, I like I like the Dwell app. Um, but I I also I I two things is is one I like to I like I love listening to podcasts. I know 
I'm mm-hmm. sitting around a table with people who love listening to podcasts. And some of the people are like, that's just not me. I don't, I'm not something. Podcasts for me, I have found that like when I'm driving or running or riding my bike or whatever, when I'm listening to podcasts, I begin to start to marinate in the things of what, of, of what God is learning and yes. or God, God is teaching me and God is showing me. And when you're doing that often, you begin to think about that often. Mm-hmm. It's your daily. Yeah. When I'm on my bike, I do it. Boom, boom. I'm on knowing faith or whatever. I'm listening to a podcast in 45 minutes of my day right there. I'm learning more about who, who God is. Let's pause for a second. Maybe throw out, um, let's go around the table. What are some of your favorite podcasts that you yeah. guys like? To I'm stealing to? from everybody. I already said, right. yeah. uh, knowing faith is, is one of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like Theocast uh, is another one. one of my absolute yeah. favorites. Um, so then yeah. I like a lot of NBA podcasts too, but that's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. I, would say, I would say knowing faith, if I were to give you one to recommend, that's, mm-hmm. that's sim- like, if you're already listening to this, you're at least open to listening to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. We're on a podcast, exactly. but, uh, you know, I, I think knowing faith, like Luke said, is probably the one I would recommend. You know, Bible project does have a very good podcast. We Bible throw project them out. Is really good too. We yeah. throw them out a lot in here. Um, but a lot of them is very like ministry, like specific stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, like Mitch, I was just thinking of Nancy Guthrie's um, How to Teach the Bible. Help, but help she me, help me helped teach me teach the Bible. Yeah, the Bible. That's a really good one. Um, and really, even if you're not a Bible teacher, that's a really great way to yeah. understand the basics of each book of the Bible because she'll have a guest, um, you know, come on, and and they're typically a, a scholar on that book or they've written something on that book or a commentary, and, and it helps you just see... Uh, the underlying themes and all the all the stuff that is sometimes hard to catch whenever you're listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to point back to listening to the audio of um, the Bible. Something really cool about listening, if we're mm-hmm. listening to podcasts or whatever, if you're listening to the scriptures, you can actually hear the inflection of the voice of when a phrase should end and start and all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that helps me understand the context of what that scripture is actually saying yeah. because when it's in black and white in front of me I just sometimes don't grasp it as easily as mm. if someone's telling it's me maybe as if that's how most people heard the bible I <laughs> for, know for isn't a, that the majority truth of the Christian because faith. it doesn't pause and say Romans 12 too it's it just yeah. reads it continuously you can end up in you know the 15th book of the bible yeah. only meaning to read yeah. <laughs> the first two yeah. so yeah. and I, I think I think that's kind of like the broad sense of this that Scott was trying to get to us is that like you have a library of resources in your hands mm-hmm. that 20 years ago you couldn't find at your local library. You yeah. couldn't find it. You couldn't find anywhere, yeah. you know? And so, you know, there or are, you had a thousand CDs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just what you have access to. I mean, right now, you know, I was ordering some books for a seminary course and I was like, you know what? I want to start listening to one of these books today, even though I'm going to read it. And so I was able, like last night, to download the book on Audible. Yep. I'm listening to it while I'm taking a shower this morning, and my other book's going to come up, show up in two days. You know, and it's like you you have access to these things, and so I think it would just be like pay attention. You know, Scott does a pretty good job about mentioning resources and things when he's in the middle of sermons. It's like catch those. You know, we mentioned a resource in here. It's like man, make a note of it, like save it in a cart somewhere, you know, consider reading it. Yep. Um, but, but again, all of those things, and I think you've caught onto this, they pale in comparison to scripture itself. Like that should be your primary source. Absolutely. So yeah. So all these things are great aids, but more often than not, they're pulling me right back to scripture. Yeah. I want to echo one thing that Scott said. So um, I also have the Logos software, yeah. which I use quite a bit, um, even on my uh, devices. Um, and what I love about 
logos. I mean, there's a free version of it that you can get, but there's there's a paid version which does get kind of pricey. But I would say um, with that, you get a really an incredible library of information um, from from really the the church universal from like all time. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy how much stuff you can get on there, and um, and it really is an incredible help to me personally mm-hmm. uh, to be able to yeah. to know. We should uh, have worked word. out some sponsors before we got to this podcast. You know, some big some big shout outs and <laughs> yeah. resources for this yeah. one for sure. Yeah, there's a, but there's a lot of great stuff on there. Well, and Luke Calvert's got this little seven minute theologian thing That's going what on I was right thinking. now. Oh, yeah. cool. yeah. Conversations with Christians. So yeah. he hates that we're doing a plug right now, but no, <laughs> check it out. I mean, it's it's super fun. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of good feedback, and again, that's one of the ways we've redeemed technology is because mm. every time we put one of these out, I'm like, hey, Luke, who gave us who gave us feedback? Yeah. And it's creating conversations like with yeah. our friends around yeah. subjects like baptism or whatever it is. Like it's it's creating these conversations. Well, and, the, and just really quickly, just taking like the knowing faith, like I got to do on that podcast, I got to interview one of the guys that's on that podcast. And I asked him, I was like, hey, this is a weird form of discipleship. What do you think about it? Like podcasting is a completely different, like 15, 20 years ago, Podcasting was not a form of discipleship, but now it really does have a broad stroke of, a, of an audience that can check out. And, I, he, and all he said was like, yeah, we should be using all of our stuff for a form of discipling other people. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, if this, if people are willing to listen, then we're going to, we're willing to talk, yep. you know? And so it's like, it's just, he was just taking any resource he had and was using it for the kingdom of God and conversations they were already having. I exactly. love that. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. so, and practically. For our folks who, you know, aren't leading a ministry, they just want to impact people around them, and they're maybe trying it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe put together, like, a text list of ah, your friends. Yeah. Just shoot them some stuff. Say, mm-hmm. hey, I was reading this morning this scripture, and I just want you to know I'm praying for you. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. See what happens. Let's let's actually jump on that a little bit, because Scott's last point was talking about using technology to fulfill the Great Commission, and that's that's a really great idea on how to do that. What advice would you guys give about um, having those sorts of conversations with people over technology or or even using social media to 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 declare who God is? I'll be the one that does this, and I'm going to give a gentle um, recommendation first, that you also need to recognize how everything else you post on social media can be a, a hindrance to your witness. Mm-hmm. So recognize that, like, it is so incredibly easy to unfollow someone to, you know, disconnect with them, to ignore what they're saying. You know, everybody's scrolling, 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 scrolling. So, you know, thinking about being an ambassador for Christ, um, representing Christ, trying to glorify God with social media means that we need to filter everything we post through that. So what that means is we have to think about how what we're posting may affect our witness. Um, So if you've got some you know, radical opinion um, that may hinder your conversation with someone later, I would say it's not worth it, um, especially if you know that they're going to engage with your post, you yeah. know, and something else. So you just got to, that's the first thing as I just, I want to give that gentle, like, mm-hmm. be careful with everything else you're posting because it can hurt your witness and your other conversations. Yeah. Now let's also say that posting is probably not the best place yeah. <laughs> to share your witness too. So, so yeah. it's not like, don't think that just by sharing, you know, that, like this, you know, share this if you're a Christian post, you know, that's right. like a paragraph long, that that's like spreading the Great Commission on right. it. It's spreading the gospel. I, I'd say, you know, one of the things that I think um, 
I'll give a shout out to my wife for this one. She's really good, I think, at um, with her social media pages of sharing stories that point to Jesus, point to the hope that she has in Christ, but but is not. Um, I, I would say like over asserting it on, on, on people in a forceful way. And people seem to really respect that. We have a lot of friends, especially friends that are back in California who we knew from high school who um, uh, aren't Christians, who uh, look at her posts and are like, you know, I don't like Christians, but I like her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I think that that's really interesting how Erica has been able to manage that uh, over the years because she has a, really a consistent um, source of... Uh, I mean, one, she has a consistent hope, so source of hope within herself, mm-hmm. but then she allows that to come out in the way that she interacts on social media. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's like being a witness for Christ everywhere you go, you know, understanding that you're Christ's ambassador, that, you know, that people can understand Scripture, can understand God through you and through your testimony. And so you have to approach it when you when you go that way for social media. You know, I had a situation a couple months ago where I was in a fantasy football draft. Um, and these are some like, they're friends, but I don't know them well. I know a few guys in there, but I don't know all these guys well. And one of the guys in there is a friend of mine from high school. I'm not talked to him since high school. Yeah. You know, I was a very different person in high school than I am now. We stayed on that fantasy football call, just him and I and one other guy. Draft ended at like 11. We were on the call till 1.30 in the morning, you know, talking about some stuff that he's struggling with. And it's like, what a beautiful way that technology can connect us. But I think the factors there are that like it's a lot of it's the one-on-one to connection. Connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just the broad strokes. You know, Luke. Yeah. I, I keep bringing up some of the stuff he's doing, but one of the things he does really, really well, like with conversations with Christians and other things, is like a lot of the real work is the one-on-one connections. Mm-hmm. Like he can tell me like so and so and I have been talking about this since then. They asked to get breakfast tomorrow after this post, so we're meeting about it. I've been messaging him here. Look at this thing he sent me. Yeah. It's this like, it's the one-on-one connection side of it that bridges mm-hmm. the gap, especially in a world where we can't all get together all the yeah. time. Yeah, that, that's something I would like to like to mention is your social media or your texting or your, your, your brick in your pocket, all that is to use for the glory of the Father. Find out ways to do that. Don't let it be a hindrance to you. Don't let it be a stumbling block for you. Your social media account's not your only way to evangelize, right? That we want to use our life. If social media is the overflow in which our life is, that's fine. But don't let it be something that, you know, I see some people might post some post a scripture or something on, on social media, uh, and that's, that's their form of evangelism for the year or the week or the day. Uh, let your life be that and let let's let technology just be the overflow or the connector for that mm. well hey this was um i think really helpful hopefully it was helpful to our listeners as well as we're just talking through all this stuff and ultimately what we're discussing here is how do we live as people who have been really impacted by the grace of god who have been transformed by the grace of god we are called to be very different a different kind of person as, as we're here on this earth for for the time that the lord lets us be here and so um so as we're figuring that out let us encourage each other let us help one another to do that well um, if you have questions about all this stuff and you want to talk to any of us about this, we would love to talk to you. Uh, just reach out to us anytime. All of our email addresses are on the website, so we would love to chat with you about that. And uh, thanks for joining us. We hope to uh, have you here next time on the Sunday Recap.